Do you ever have difficulty trusting people? I was six years old, and I went down to my buddy's house, uh, Jeff, who was older than me. He was 10. And every single day, we would have a World Series. He was the great pitcher, Nolan Ryan, and I was his catcher. And so I remember getting down in the catching position, and he would start throwing the ball back and forth. And finally, on one day, he said, well, Chris, I've learned a brand new pitch. It's called a curveball. He said, it's actually going to come in from this side on uh, your left, but I'm going to throw it from the right, and it's going to curve in right to your mitt. And what it'll do is it'll scare batters. They'll either move away from the plate or they'll swing and they'll miss. So all I need you to do is to keep your mitt right in the middle of your body, but don't move it because it's going to curve and come right into your glove. And then I'll never forget the last words he said, trust me. And so the pitch came and guess what happened? It did not hit the middle of the glove. It actually hit me right here in the left part of my eye. It busted open. Blood started going everywhere. And I had to go to the emergency room to get six stitches. Now, do you know what I learned from that lesson? Never trust a 10-year-old. I mean, it doesn't even matter if it's your own kid. Don't trust them. Well, it's very difficult to trust your, uh, to trust other people, but I've got a confession today. And the confession is, is that even though I'm a pastor, sometimes I find it very difficult to trust in God. Sometimes I find it difficult to place all of my trust in him. I mean, I want to trust him. I want to believe him, but sometimes it's hard. Can anybody else kind of relate to what I'm talking about? I mean, you might actually say, well, I love God and I believe in God, but it's just not so easy to believe him with my future. And when you think about this year that we've been in, in 2020, and we've seen all of the struggle with COVID and racial relations and political divisions in a country that has just been so fractured and divided, it's really hard for us to think, what? wow, I might be able to believe in God for my future. Folks, I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, it's very hard to trust in God. I want to trust him, but sometimes it's just difficult. And the reason why I think it's so difficult for many of us, at least for me, is because I can't see him. I mean, I can see when my bank account goes up or goes down. I can see all the crazy on a a newscast with all the effects going on in the world. I can see what's going on with COVID and the distribution of these vaccines, hoping that maybe eventually we'll all be able to get one. I mean, God, I want to trust you. I really want to believe in you, but it's hard when I can't see you. 
Or for others of you, you might say something like this. You might say, well, you know what? There was one time that I did trust him and I asked him for something and he didn't come through. I prayed. I believe. I trusted. I had faith. And yet, even though he could have, he didn't. And I find it very hard now to trust in him. It's just not an easy thing to do. And so as we end 2020, and for some of you, you're like, man, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad it's over. But guess what, folks? Another year's coming. And we have no promise. So I need to ask you this question this morning. And it's this. Can you trust God in the new year? Can you, where you're sitting at right now, trust God in the new year? And I want you to know that I have an answer for you. And it's this. Absolutely, unequivocally, yes, you can. You can trust in God with the new year, but we're going to need his help. We're going to need his spirit and we're going to need his word to help us through this. And so as we begin this new year, let's ask God for his help. Would you please just close your eyes and pray with me? Loving God, I thank you for every single person who is listening to this stream right now. Or maybe in a couple of months, they'll pick this up. God, would you help each one of us to build our faith so that we could put our full trust in you, even when we can't see you, even when we can't feel you, God? Would you help us to trust you with your goodness and your character? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the good news is we are not the first people ever to struggle with trusting in God. Uh, the reality is, is that Jesus's uh, closest friends, his 12 disciples, had a difficulty trusting in him as well. Today, we're going to look at a passage in Luke chapter 5 that is going to talk to us about the struggle that they had in trusting in him. But before we get there, I'd like to kind of give you a little bit of background of what's going on before we get to the story. You see, Jesus was uh, on the shore of Lake Gennesaret, and while he was there, he was having a small group study, a, a Bible study. Now, we have small groups here in the jar, and let me just say this. For some of you, your New Year's resolution should be to get into a small group. And if you've been out of a small group for a little while, that you would actually choose to get back into one, because the best way that you can grow is by getting into a small group. So for some of you, that's what you need to do. So Jesus is kind of giving this small group lesson to a, a group of folks when all of a sudden he notices there from a distance that there are some fishermen who bring up their boats. And as they bring up their boats, they had not caught anything. I mean, they had fished all day long and they had caught nothing, nada, zilch, 
not even a bite. It's very discouraging if you're a fisherman. And so Jesus kind of notices them and he chooses to walk out to them. He notices as he's getting closer that they are done for the day. They're cleaning up their nets. They're packing things up. They're ready to go home. And the boat was owned by a guy by the name of Simon Peter. And uh, he walks up to him. He says, hey, hey, uh, can you take me out on your boat out onto the, the lake? And Simon Peter is like, are you serious? I mean, I've, I've fished all day, but okay, yeah, buddy, I'll go ahead and I'll take you out. And then in verse 4 in Luke chapter 5, we read this. When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water. Okay, uh, what I want all of you to do in the room that you're in this morning, what I want you to do is just go ahead and say, deep water. Yeah, deep water. You see, folks, what you need to realize is that you can't always stay in the shallow. Sometimes you've got to go into the deep if you want to learn what God wants you to learn. And so it says, put out into the deep water. And then Jesus said, let down the nets for a catch. Now, right now, what I want you to do is go ahead and type in, let down the nets. Go ahead, type in wherever you're at, let down the nets. Because that's really, really important for you to remember that the power comes when we choose to actually let down the nets. Now, after they did this, Simon answers him. But let me pause uh, before I actually tell you what Simon said. Because to me, this is Simon doing his best to just kind of be polite. I mean, he's got this Jesus guy in the boat, and he's a rabbi. He's a teacher. I mean, he's an important person. He's just given this very powerful message to this group of people, his small group. And now there is this experienced fisherman who's already been fishing all day. And I'm sure he's thinking to himself, you know, this makes no sense whatsoever what you're asking me to do. So Simon tries to be as polite as he can, but I'm sure he's thinking in his mind uh, something like this. Jesus, you stick with the teaching because you're a teacher, and I'll stay a fisherman. You let me do what I'm doing, and Jesus, you do your own thing. And so Simon says, uh, Master, we have worked hard all day and all night, and we haven't caught anything. It's like Jesus. What you're asking us to do is really, really, really Stupid. I'm not saying you're stupid, Jesus. I'm just saying what you're asking us to do just doesn't make sense. Have you ever noticed that sometimes when God really wants you to grow in your faith, he'll actually ask you to do something that doesn't make sense? Have you ever noticed that? 
For example, uh, there's some scriptures that Jesus gives to us. One's in Matthew chapter 6, and Jesus says this, Don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will take care of itself. And, you know, it's really easy to quote that verse. In fact, it's very easy to tell somebody else, Yeah, go ahead, just go ahead, don't worry, don't worry about it. Folks, you've seen what's been going on in our world over this last year in 2020. I mean, I don't really know what Jesus is thinking about. Don't worry about tomorrow. We have a lot to worry about going into tomorrow. And if no one else is going to worry about it, uh, I'll go ahead. I'll worry about it myself. And then there's other scriptures like this. Bless those who persecute you. Again, it's really easy for you to quote that to someone. But Jesus, I want to ask you, have you ever seen the people that I work with? I mean, those people that I work with, they're bozos, they're jerks, they're people who, you want me to bless them? Seriously? I mean, God, I want to trust you, but you got to give me a little something because I can't see you. And sometimes, God, I can't feel you. And this kind of leads us then To what we need when we're not sure we can trust God. We need a a big idea. More importantly, we actually need a big prayer. And this is your first kind of fill-in for your app, or you can write it down, and it's this. Lord, help me to obey you even when I don't understand. Lord, help me to obey you even when I don't understand. You know, what's so powerful to me is that Peter actually was doing this. He actually was living by faith and he did what Jesus asked him to do. He let out the nets. He let down his nets. Look again at the scripture. Simon answered, Master Jesus, we worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. Repeat after me. Let down the net. Or better yet, why don't you type this into the chat? I'm going to let down my net. Let down my net. Uh, Jesus, I don't fully understand. This doesn't make sense what you're asking me to do. But I'll go ahead and I'll let down my nets. Lord, please help me to obey even when I don't understand. You need and I need to be able to say that prayer. And this kind of leads us then to our conclusion and it's this you don't have to understand completely to obey immediately let me say that again you don't have to understand completely to obey immediately you don't have to know the whole story folks to simply obey god by turning the next page That if you're just obedient to the one who asks you to turn to the next page, you'll eventually get to the story. But the faith is just to turn the next page. 
You know, a lot of times when it comes to thinking about trusting God, uh, we have this tendency to to think that it's always going to be some big thing that God's going to ask us to do. For example, he's going to ask us to move to another state or he's going to ask us to leave our job and to go into another job or he's going to ask us to adopt a a child from sub-Sahara Africa and he, he might ask you to do that. But this is what I've learned, that when God really wants to grow my faith, when he wants to strengthen me, when he wants me to learn how to trust him more, It's not in the great big things, but he wants me to trust him in the smallest of ways. And sometimes the smallest ways of obeying him can actually have the biggest payoff, the biggest results, the biggest blessings, the biggest miracles. In fact, let me just kind of give you a personal example of my life uh, that just happened two weeks ago. You might remember a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the fact that many times when God wants to speak to us, he doesn't do it in these big, remarkable ways, like through wind or an earthquake or a fire. But sometimes he actually speaks to us most in gentle whispers. And you might remember that I said that the reason why God chooses to speak to us in gentle whispers is because he's close. He doesn't have to shout. He doesn't have to get loud when he's close. He can actually whisper. Now, I felt this prompting that during that teaching that I was to actually whisper during that part of the teaching. And so I was like, God, I really don't know. This sounds kind of weird. I don't think I want to do this. And so I actually even shared it with my family. And my oldest daughter said, Dad, that sounds weird. I mean, Dad, I just don't like that. I mean, Dad, you're going to freak people out. It's creepy when you whisper. But I really felt like that's what God was asking me to do. And so I bit the bullet and I went ahead and I did that. And... After I was done, actually, with the teaching, we kind of met together to kind of evaluate things. And one of the guys in the band came up to me, and this is what he said, you made my wife cry. I'm like, ah, great. Like, seriously? I mean, uh, I was worried about this teaching to begin with. I'm kind of insecure. And now what stupid boneheaded thing did I say that made your wife cry? And then he said, no, 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 no. My wife's had some struggles and kind of wondering whether or not God was close or not. And when you did that whisper part and you lowered your voice, she said that she felt like, yeah, that's what... It really is that even in my struggles, God is close and he's with me and he's for me and he can actually talk in a whisper. And she said, it was incredibly meaningful, Chris. So on one hand, I have my daughter that says it's kind of freaky and scary. And on the other hand, wow, that was remarkable. And so I wasn't so sure. And so I'm driving home and I get home and I get another text from a person who sent me this. I felt like the teaching today was specifically for me. I feel like I'm in a wilderness and the whisper that you did reminded me that God 
is close. Folks, sometimes the smallest thing, the smallest thing, the most minute thing that you can imagine can have the biggest results. It can be a game changer, not just for you, but for other people as well. Uh, God was simply asking me to whisper during a teaching, and he used that to impact those two lives and many others as well, which just kind of goes to show you, folks, when you simply say, Lord, I'll do it. Lord, help me to obey even when I don't understand because I don't have to understand completely to obey you immediately. So, how do we trust in God? How do we trust in God in this next year when 2020 has been so difficult? Because we can't always see Him. We can't always feel Him. So let me give you some advice on what you should do. My advice to you, if you want to learn how to trust God in the new year, is this. You've got to get clingy. <laughs> you need to get clingy. Now, if you're dating someone, uh, I'm telling you, don't get clingy. They'll think it's weird. Don't do that at all. But I'm married. I've been married for 26 years. And my wife, Jennifer, she's beautiful. She's amazing. She's awesome. But she'll tell you that Chris sometimes, he just gets kind of clingy. I'm just like around her and I'm clinging on. And then eventually she's kind of, you know, looks at me and she's like, step back. Six feet, playa. Six feet. And she just wants me to get away, not to be so Clingy. Now, again, if you're dating someone, if you're clingy, if you're just like clinging, 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 it's going to be weird. But I'm telling you, as you're going into this next year, if you want to know how to trust God, you will learn to cling to Him. You know, one of the first scriptures that I ever uh, memorized as a young pastor, uh, which really has actually become my life verse, is found in Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verses 5 and 6. And uh, the scripture goes like this. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not upon your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. And pause there just for a moment. That word acknowledge actually means to know. That you actually can know God. And so it says, in all of your ways, know him and he will make straight your path. Folks, you know him on the mountaintops and you know him in the valleys. And when you know him in the good times, then you can actually trust him in the bad times. So how do you know God? How do you know him intimately? How do you know him? How do you trust him? How do you walk with him? Well, the only way that you're ever going to know him is you've got to get close to him. You actually have to cling to him. You cling to him. You know, the very first word of that passage is the word trust. It says, trust 
in the Lord. And in the Hebrew, uh, that word trust actually means to cling to. It's the word batak. Let's all say that together. I mean, you're probably not going to say that today. Let's all say that together. Batak. Yeah, it sounds like you almost have a loogie in your mouth or something. You know, it's like batak. But what that word means is that you're going to cling to him. And it doesn't just mean in close proximity to, but it means to hold on and to never let go. So, folks, here's kind of the key. What you're going to have to do is you have to hold on to him and not let go. But if you are going to hold on to him, then what that means is you're actually going to have to let go of some other stuff. You're going to have to let go of stuff if you're going to hold on to him. Now, what are you going to have to let go of? Well, many people will say, well, I love God because I can let go of my fears. I can get let go of my anxieties. But you know what else you have to let go of? You've got to let go of your comfort. You've got to let go of your dreams. You've got to let go of your desires. You've got to let go of your strategies. There's a piece of you that simply, if you're going to cling on to God, if you're going to hold tight to Him, then you've got to let go of everything else. And so, this is my advice for you. Get clingy with it. Uh, just get clingy with it. You know, we used to say, get jiggy with it. Well, now what I want you to say is get clingy with it. In fact, if you're online right now, just type in the chat section, get clingy, uh, get clingy. Some of you might say, I'm a clinger. I am a clinger. Tell the people in the room right now, just tell them if you're in a room with family or friends or a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, just say, I'm clingy. I'm clinging. Now, if you're dating, don't do that. Because, again, it's got ramifications. But that's what God wants you to do in this new year. If you're going to trust God in this new year, you've got to cling to Him. And so, we cling to Him. We hold tight. We will not let go. And this is how I want to close today. I'm going to give you an exercise that I want you to do between now and the end of the year. Now, some of you are like, oh, man, homework. I mean, that's only a few days. No, no, no. This is going to potentially, it could change your life and the way that you look at this next year. And this is what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to pull up a piece of paper, and you're actually just going to draw a line down the middle of it. And at the top, on one side, you're going to put victories 2020 and on the other side victories 2021 now when you put victories 2020 some of you are thinking dude i've had no victories in 2020 it's been absolutely horrible well folks i think you'll find that you will have some victories emily scoglin who's our small groups uh director she had our entire staff do this uh, a few weeks ago, and it was so powerful that I just wanted to be able to share it with you. And so she gave us like 10 minutes to just kind of cling to God 
and to spend some time just listening to him and writing down what victories we found in 2020. Again, some of you are going to say, I don't have any. Yes, you do. And so as I was doing this exercise, here's some of the ones that I put down. God helped us to do the live stream. We had 59 people come to Christ. God gave Jordan, my oldest daughter, discipline to do her daily devotions. God helped Shiloh overcome her nightmares. God helped provide physical healing to my wife. And then, after that process, we went to the other column of Victories 2021, and Emily asked us, what I want you to do is to ask God to actually do some victories in 2021 because you're going to cling to him. And because you cling to him, he's going to provide for your needs. And here's some of mine. I ask that God would give us discipline to have devotions as a family four nights a week. I ask for victory of 500 people to come back to church by the end of 2021. I ask that God would help us to develop a midweek celebration for those who work on the weekends or are in travel sports. I ask God to help me to cling to him more in 2021 than I did in this past year. And I ask him that he would bring revival in the jar in this next year. And I'm telling you, this process of clinging to God was such a powerful exercise. It helped all of us on staff to look with hope with what God was going to do in this next year. And I felt so encouraged by it. I went home and I had our entire family do it. And our whole family's doing that. And my youngest daughter, who's very creative, actually asked, uh, she said, well, Dad, instead of writing things down, could I draw things? And so here's a picture of the victories that she drew down for 2020 and 2021. And folks, it really doesn't matter how you do this. But take some time to actually cling to God and thank Him for the victories in 2020 and to also ask Him for victories in 2021. And I'm telling you, if you do this, you'll go with so much gratitude into the new year, thanking Him for what He's done, and He will move in great ways in this next year. So this week, what are you going to do? First of all, you're going to throw your nets into the deep waters. And then you're going to pray the prayer. Lord, even though I don't understand, help me to obey. Because I don't have to understand completely to obey you immediately. And then most of all, that you would cling to the one who knows you best and loves you most. That you would cling to him. And I'm telling you that if you'll do that, you'll receive what Simon Peter and the disciples did in the rest of this story. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their other partners in to help them to come and help them with the catch. And they came and they filled their 
boats so full that they began to sink. And then they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything and they followed him. Can you trust God in the new year? Absolutely you can. Because he loves you and he's for you. And the reality is, is he is the one who you can cling to and he will not walk away. He'll never abandon you as you go into this next year. And so what do you need to do? Throw your nets into the deep end. That you would actually pray, Lord, help me to obey even when I don't understand. Because I don't have to understand completely to obey you immediately. And I believe that if you will do this, if you'll cling to him, he will give you a boatload catch just like he did the disciples. And your life will be full. And he will give you victory in this new year. Let's pray. Well, God, I pray right now that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would help each person listening to this, that they would learn to trust you. Now, for some of you, what this means is you're going to trust God with your marriage because the truth is you're at a breaking point. You need God to move in. For others of you, you're going to trust God with your finances. This past year has been difficult. You're in debt. You don't know how to move through it, and you need to trust God with that. For others of you, you're going to trust God with a rebellious child that maybe is in your house or has walked away, but you are going to choose to trust in him. Folks, I don't know what it is that God wants you to trust him with, but this is what I do know. That if you'll reach up to him and say, okay, Lord, if you tell me to do it, I'll do it. And you throw your nets into the deep water. And if you actually say, Lord, I want you to help me to understand even when I don't understand. That I want to know how to obey you, God, even when I don't know the final answer. I know this, that he will be with you. So right now, uh, in the chat room, you're on your computer, you're on a device, why don't you just type out, if you feel comfortable, what you need prayer for. That you would just say, I'm praying for healing. I'm praying for a relationship. I'm praying for my finances. Whatever it is, you can do that now. And let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Help us to put our trust in you, to cling to you, to let you do whatever you need to do in our lives. Because we're committing, God, this next year to hold on to you, to never let you go. Jesus, we trust in you. We put our hope in you. Now, I know for some of you that 2020 has been a difficult year. 
And the truth is, the reason why it's been really difficult is because you've done this whole year by yourself. You've not allowed God to move into your life. And here it is, just a few days until the calendar year changes again, and you're in a tough spot. And the reality is, is that you need to cling to the one who knows you best and who loves you most. And he won't twist your arm. He won't force you to hold on tight to him. He simply asks you, would you do that? And for some of you might say, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. You know, for my life, for a lot of times, I never thought I was good enough. And then I I finally realized it's not about me being good enough because Jesus already was good enough. A couple of days ago, we celebrated his birth, but he actually grew up and he taught these amazing teachings. And he went to a cross and he died on the cross for all of your sins and all of mine. And he said, you don't have to be good enough. I'll be good enough for you. And he brought you into a relationship with his father. And he says, all you have to do is turn to me and confess your sins to say, those things that you have messed up you've screwed up that you say god i need to give my life to you and today if you're ready to do that if you're say god i'm sorry for my sins but i want to cling to you i need your love i need your grace i need your hope then i'm going to lead you in a prayer and it's not a prayer that you pray by yourself but we all pray it together by invite you to simply repeat this prayer after me And so if you'd close your eyes, if you'd just repeat after me, Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sins. Make me brand new. Give me your second chance. I believe, Jesus, you died for me and rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you. For the rest of my life, I put my trust in you in all that I do. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name I pray.